Hi, welcome to the Integrative Health Podcast with Dr. Jen Flegar. This podcast is meant to educate and empower about important health topics. Dr. Jen's passion is to get to the root cause of disease and prevent illness. She will also feature guests who are experts in their fields and experiences in all things related to integrative medicine. Hello, this is Dr. Jen. Welcome back to the Integrative Health Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and give a five-star review and share with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hello, welcome back. It's Dr. Jen. So this podcast will be super exciting. I'm super excited to talk with Crystal Sykes. So I have been friends with her on Instagram for the past couple of years and have really enjoyed getting to know her that way. So she's a woman that wears many hats. She is a wife, a mom, a business owner, a coach, a homemaker, and of course, much more. And she and her husband, Robert Sykes, He's also known as Keto Savage. They own Keto Brick, which I love. Live Savage Apparel, Deeper State Keto, and Robert also runs Keto Savage, and Crystal runs her own business as well, Lady Savage. Crystal has enjoyed her ketogenic lifestyle for the past seven years through bodybuilding competitions, pregnancy, breastfeedings, and all that life throws at her. Weight training and the ketogenic diet truly changed her life and helped her turn her health around. She's passionate about helping others create a lifestyle that is sustainable and gives people an excitement for life. Welcome, Crystal. So excited to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I love I love your Instagram. Everyone needs to go follow her at Lady Savage. Very just motivating. And especially I've loved watching you through your pregnancy and postpartum. And it's just been really great to, to see you and how motivating you are. Thank you. That means a lot. Sometimes you put stuff out there and you just, you're like, why am I even posting? (laughs) But I'm glad that it can be motivating. Yeah, I agree. I think that sometimes just sharing what you do on a normal basis is really helpful. And you never know who needs to hear that that day. And just in the momhood, just to know that we're not alone in this Mm -hmm. craziness. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So start out a little bit by telling us how did you get into this keto lifestyle and especially with your husband, Robert, kind of, you know, just how did this grow? You know, when did you start all of that? Yeah. So gosh. Okay. So I started about seven years ago and my husband, who I was just dating at the time, had actually already started keto um, and he actually started it by accident. So it was not popular that like then it kind of got popular. I'd say like maybe five, six years ago. Um, but he started doing carb backloading because he's always been a natural bodybuilder. Um, so he started doing carb backloading for his bodybuilding endeavors. And then he's like, I feel so much better in the earlier part of the days than I do in the evening after I've had my carbs. So he just kind of started to play around with the idea of like not having the carbs in the evening and started looking a little bit more into it, found a couple of books that were kind of inspiring to him, but he hadn't found anyone that had done it for bodybuilding. So he said, I'm just going to give this a shot. So he started doing that. And in the meantime, I was struggling with a lot of um, gastric issues. I got diagnosed with gastroparesis, slow transit, uh, colon, and, um, 
slew of things. You know, they throw the IBS thing in there, the <laughs> all that. So um, it, I had gone through a ton uh, with doctor's visits and things like that. Just no one could figure out um, a good diet plan for me. It was just, it was a struggle. I ended up, they ended up putting me on a liquid diet and a lot of it consisted of just a lot of like fruit. I was throwing a bunch of fruit in there and protein powder and I was like not able to eat meats and vegetables and things like that. So it was just a struggle. And Robert said, you, you are going to give yourself diabetes and like a whole bunch of other issues if you have, if you keep this up. So he said, why don't you try the thing that I'm doing? I was like, Mm-mm, nope, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I gave it a shot and I actually hated it. And so I was like, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. And I actually felt worse. So I said, well, maybe I'll give it another shot. And we adjusted a few things and I started doing full on keto. Um, and then I just have not turned back because slowly but surely, like every month I started to feel better and better and better. It was not like an immediate, it was just like a, okay, I definitely feel better. I'm definitely not as bloated. I can definitely get in a little bit more food than I used to be able to. And just like slowly but surely, it just kind of went away and went away and went away. And um, so that's how I start, got started. It was just a random, such a random thing that Robert ran into it. And then I had all these issues and one thing led to the next. Well, it's amazing. And you were changing, actively changing your gut health, you know, with, with this diet change. And we see that a lot. And a lot of the times just the diet alone can heal, but that's crazy that you were basically just on a liquid diet and still feeling bad. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty rough. And it, I mean, there was a long time of just running tests after tests. They did not know what was wrong with me. And I finally was like, I'm going to give up. Saw one last person and she's like, let me do this test on you real quick. And it was, it was the one where you lay under the machine and they have you eat something with a dye in it. And then they watch it, you know, go through your system. And She's like, yeah, this is it. This is what's going on. So it was just, it felt like forever until we figured it out. And I finally told her, hey, I'm doing this little, this different diet. And she said, well, that actually might help because fiber was a killer. They, they were pushing fiber on me so much. Um, and it ended up actually being the one thing that was kind of harming my process of digestion so, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It's such a, such a process to get where I, why, where I am now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'll even use carnivore diet a lot with patients that need to reset their gut. And I'll use that with pregnant and breastfeeding women because we can't, if there's a dysbiosis or imbalance of the gut bacteria, we can't just give them botanicals to fix that. So I'll use food as medicine and we'll reset their gut that way. Now, yeah, with keto, can you dive in a little bit for the listeners? What exactly that means? Like how many carbs do you throw in any carbs during certain parts of your cycles, like your luteal phase? How do you manage it as a woman? Because a lot, most of the studies are on men. So that's why I think so, what's so unique about you, especially through pregnancy and breastfeeding, it's, you're not just a study. You're a woman that has hormones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, mine are pretty consistently, decently low carb. Um, there's a lot of people who will do like 50 to 100. Um, mine are always below 35, I'd say. Um, 
there's been times where I've done as low as 20, like staying under 20 and doing more like a carnivore base. Uh, but I would say more recently and then during my pregnancy and breastfeeding, I was always around the 30, 35 uh, grams of carb range. And a lot of the carbs there were coming from like raw milk, uh, yogurt, um, some vegetables. I just, this week I had like pumpkin seeds in there. Uh, it really kind of just depends, but um, I'm able to keep it pretty low just because that's what feels best for my gut. Um, Cause I will have flare ups here and there, depending on what I eat. Just a couple of weeks ago, I posted and you commented on that. And um, I posted a salad and it was literally just the greens. Cause I took out the greens the rest of the week and I was totally fine. Mm -hmm. And it's not that greens are bad. It's just that it did not settle well with me. So I am able to keep mine a little bit lower and I don't actually cycle anything during uh, different parts of my cycle. I kind of just go with whatever I'm, I'm feeling like I'll have a couple of berries, like strawberries or something in my yogurt. Um, but I don't, I don't do seed cycling or anything like that. I've, I read into it and kind of looked into different things, but I haven't actually done it myself, nor have I really had any issues. So um, I know that can be helpful for certain people, but for me, it's just, it's been, it's been working pretty swiftly to just keep, keep going the way I have. Yeah. That's amazing. I I'll do more keto, low carb, and then I'll get to my late luteal phase and I'll be like carbs, <laughs> you know, but, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, it's, it's tough. I need to stick with it more. I think that I'm a little bit jealous that, you know, you and Robert are like, you're a team approach to it. So it's not like one person's going to be going and like saying, let's get ice cream or, you know, like Chip eats bread in front of me all the time, um, which I don't want the bread at the restaurant, but it's just annoying. So I think that that would be a little bit easier. Um, yeah, I, I wish that I could just get, you know, my husband on board because I think that would be easier for the lifestyle, you know, there wouldn't be those temptations. Cause I think that's when I struggle more with the lower carb is that late luteal phase. But, you know, I have so many women in my practice wear continuous glucose monitors and carbs are not our friends. I mean, for women, and I hate to say that, but especially as we age and get in our forties and perimenopause and fifties, it's just, you know, I, I've had so many women, they're like, yeah, I just can't eat carbs. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, just we're really not supposed to eat tons of carbs. It's not, it's not like we were really made to just eat Fritos and Doritos all day <laughs> yeah. and Frappuccinos. Oof, like, yeah. yeah. Once you start looking at it, you're like, oh my goodness. Like people will drink Frappuccinos, like an everyday thing. And you just think, do you have any idea what's inside of that? You you don't because then for lunch they're having a burger with fries and all the you know all the things and honestly if you're eating at home more frequently you're gonna just naturally have a more clean diet because uh, you never know what they're putting in the food when you're eating out so that's that's an additional hard thing but yeah it's amazing how many women are convinced that they they need the carbs. And it's just, I also don't want to say that like the carbs are the devil, but, uh, it definitely can be beneficial to cut them out or cut them lower. Yeah. Or even just try it, you know, or do keto two weeks out of the month and then maybe increase the carbs a little bit. So, yeah. um, you know, 
Tell us about your competition life. So I I don't think I knew you competed and then you posted that video and I was like, whoa. So tell, tell us about that. I'm always intrigued by that. Yeah. So Robert, again, has always been doing um, natural bodybuilding and I thought I'm never doing that. Uh, but during the time of changing, transitioning into keto, my doctor was like, you need to get active. Your activity is going to help your mobility of your stomach, things like that. So I started uh, training and I was so embarrassed. I hated it in the beginning. I did not want to go to the gym. I was that typical girl who was like, people are going to judge me. Um, so I, I did end up starting and I kind of just got addicted to the aspect of like lifting a little bit heavier and, um, just, I just started to feel better. You feel more confident. You like, there's so many benefits to it. Um, so in 2018, I, we had moved from Washington state to Arkansas where Robert is originally from. And I was like, you know, let's do something fun. I'm going to do a competition. And I had never committed to it before. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not stepping on stage in a bikini. There's not a chance. Um, but I, I kind of just needed something I think for myself and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So Robert coached me all the way through and, um, it was awesome. I won first place and then he proposed to me on stage. So, <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, it was pretty so awesome. Sweet. Oh my God. Yeah. Was he going to propose if you didn't win? <laughs> I, I have no, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> that was not as great, but it was pretty awesome. He was confident, like all the way around. He's like, she's going <laughs> to yeah. take it home and then I'm going to get the girl and... <laughs> That's awesome. So is the competition, is there different competitions? Like you said, natural bodybuilding. I mean, but isn't, aren't drugs illegal in the bodybuilding or tell me about that. Explain that. Yeah. So there is natural bodybuilding and there's untested, which, Oh yeah. So that is like the typical NPC, uh, yeah. NPC, um, W WNBF. No, that is the natural one. Sorry. I'm getting all confused, but there's different federations that you can do even within like the natural bodybuilding realm. So you can choose kind of which federation you want to go with, um, in the natural bodybuilding aspect of things, there's even natural supplements like DHEA. That's not allowed. You're not allowed to take that for like two years prior to competition day. Um, in other federations, there's certain supplements that you're not allowed to take seven years within the competition day. And it can be in things like pre-workout or, you know, just such simple things that you really have to be aware. Robert just got um, some supplements sent to him and it's all great natural stuff, but he's not allowed to take it. There's even a pre-workout with deer antler velvet in it. Yes. yes. And you're not allowed to take that because yeah. it's it technically a, a hormone. Uh, it increases growth hormone. Yes. Growth hormone. Yeah. 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 So, okay. This is so interesting. So what about peptides? Cause they can't really test for peptides. Can they like, um, no. CGC, Epimorlin and Tessamorlin. So I'm wondering, cause those are, so for the listeners, those are growth hormone releasing hormones. So if you're looking to increase muscle, they're usually taken three times a day, um, five days on two days off. But if you're looking just for a nice growth hormone, nice sleeping, it's just nightly five days on two days off. I, I love I love peptides, but are those banned in the natural? 
I'm not sure. And Robert and I were just recently talking about that because they become more popular that we're not actually sure we might have to look into it um, because I do think it could be really beneficial or helpful. Um, but who knows if they're going to ban it or not. But they each federation has a ban list. So you can look look it up and make sure that it is or isn't. But um yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a struggle. Robert's in prep right now. He's about five yeah. weeks in. So it's great. I saw that. It's so fun to watch him. You guys have to follow him too, the listeners out there. I I told my husband, like I said, I'm like, we should do a bodybuilding. Like we should do like when I'm done breastfeeding, I'm like, we should just like train together and we should compete together. And he got so offended. Now he doesn't listen to my podcast, so we can talk trash, <laughs> but he got so offended. He like was like, why, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, to get out of our comfort zone and like push our bodies. Like, and you know, if you would work with someone like your husband and you, you're doing it safely. Like you're not, you know, because I, I know I've seen clients that you guys have worked with and they, they look fine after it's not, it's not dangerous, you know, and I'm sure there's some coaches that do things that, you know, aren't good for your metabolism and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like into it. I'm like, I should do one like in a couple of years just to see what my body can do. And if I have the discipline, but, but yeah, I, I wonder about the peptides though. It's interesting because the BPC 157, I love that peptide. It's banned like in the NFL and in all of these awesome. sports things, but it's, to help tendons, you know, to, to help recovery of tendons and joints. And I'm like, so you'll shoot them up with steroids and let them ruin and trash their bodies with, you know, steroids, but you won't let them have something, you know, that their body makes, you know, anyway, it's the whole peptide thing. is going to get really interesting as, like you said, it's becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But DHA, no DHA for two years. Yes. And I did take DHEA a couple of years ago. And when I looked at it, the ban was for seven years. So I was like, I, I'm going to take this because I need it right now. Um, but we just looked the other day and it said two years, but I was actually taking under the dosage amount that they would allow. Um, so I could have done it any either way, but at that time we had no idea. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting, but then you can do like the NPC and you will never get tested and you only are. So before the show, they do like a polygraph test on everyone. And then if you win, then they'll do a urine test and immediately like you get off stage and they take you immediately to the bathroom to do a test. Um, so you can't like swap out or whatever people do. Um, but then you can do like an NPC, which has no, like there's, there's no testing at all. Um, they're not saying that you do take, you know, other hormones or whatever, but they also don't test to make sure that you don't, which is exactly like when you watch, uh, you know, the Arnold in all of that. And they're just gigantic. They're just not tested. And the women look like, like men, which, you know, anyway, well, it's interesting. So the, the DHA thing for those listening, so DHA, it's made by the adrenal glands and it's a, it's a precursor to androgens. So to testosterone, and um, then that can convert to DHT and to our estrogens and everything. And 
It's interesting because I have seen DHEA tanked in since the pandemic with people with COVID infection. So it's kind of interesting that they would ban that because it's like, I just feel like the adrenals are very stressed out with for people lately, but um, like DHEA. So sometimes we'll try men to help increase their androgens, increase their testosterone. We'll try DHEA you know, a low dose first. So that's, that's the, the scoop behind DHEA, but it is something you'd want to get tested and follow, but it go, it peaks in our twenties and then starts declining, um, you know, forties more. So it starts declining. So it's, it's important, but that's, it, that's just such a fun world. I'm sure it's fun to be involved in that. It is. Yeah, definitely is. I kind of stepped away. Not that I won't ever do it again. I probably will. After we're done having kids, I might lean in back into it. Um, but I'm actually, I just, I'm about to sign up for my first powerlifting competition or meet. So that's kind of a different fun change because I'm breastfeeding my son and he'll be a year next week, but I plan to like extend breastfeed. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll probably end up having more kids and things like that. So I needed something where I wasn't cutting my calories really low and hormones weren't affected. So I just said, I'm going to do powerlifting and I hired a coach and it's been wonderful. And I'm really excited about it. That is so cool. I didn't know that because I saw you were lifting a lot heavier, but I didn't know you were signing up for a competition. That's so fun. I haven't really like mentioned it or announced it on social or anything like that just because I wanted I just got through my first block of of strength training so I wanted to make sure that I was like going to actually do it before I but I just finished and I'm going to go into my second one and we'll compete in uh, August so I'm excited about that wow so you're not really changing anything with your diet though for this right no just eat lots of food (laughs) so you're bulking basically right yeah yeah Yeah. and you don't have to eat like crazy everyone sees power lifters and they think oh you have to be like gigantic um there's weight ranges and you don't have to eat like a crazy person you just eat healthy and eat in a maintenance slash surplus and you're fine that's awesome so how is your protein requirements changing because if you eat too much protein you can get out of ketosis so how's that changing with you trying to build more muscle? So my protein and fat are usually about equal, um, or my fat is like a little bit higher than my protein. That's always done best for me. I know some people do better with a higher protein. It's just not really my thing. Um, I end up getting a lot of stomach issues and things like that when I, my fat's too low. Um, so I'm, I'm still able to get in plenty of protein, but also plenty of fat. And I really find that that like one-to-one ratio of protein to fat works really, really well for me. Um, and then during pregnancy, I ate so much protein. Like it was wonderful. I loved it. And same thing. It was just, my fat was just about equal. And when you're eating things like eggs or ground beef, those things are pretty much a one-to-one anyways, um, gram for gram. Um, so it was a lot, it was pretty easy to just stay in ketosis and get plenty of protein. You just have to have also enough calories or be willing to eat enough food to get it all in, which is yeah, that's a good point. oftentimes not people oftentimes don't, aren't eating very much. <laughs> enough, Right. They're not eating enough. Yeah. And sometimes like my, my patients, when I say you need to eat 30 grams of protein each meal, sometimes they're like they're like, what? And I'm like, you need to focus on the protein and 
it will, it will change everything, you know, and a lot of women are dealing with blood sugar imbalance. So I bet you yours was just so steady during pregnancy, but did anyone freak out that you were doing keto when you were pregnant? No. Um, I, I kind of went an alternative route and had a midwife and I just, when I interviewed her and actually the OB that I was seeing prior, um, and then I did also have to see an OB during, while I was seeing my midwife just for like state checks and things like that. Um, but I just said, Hey, this is what I do. This is why I do it. I hope that's not an issue. And she's like, do you eat meat and do you eat vegetables? And I said, yeah. And she said, we should be good. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> she's like, my main concern is with people who don't eat meat or don't have enough protein in their diet. And she said, I see nothing wrong with what you're eating. You're eating whole foods and you're eating healthy amounts and all that. So no one ever really had an issue. And I think probably because I didn't have any issues. I didn't have preeclampsia. I didn't have gestational diabetes or really any complications at all until the very, very end. Um, but yeah, it was, no one really had an issue. And I think it was because I was probably honest from the beginning and said, this is something I'm not willing to change unless you think it's not going to be for the betterment of me or my baby. Um, and then they were like, it's great. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And it's just funny because our culture and our world is so crazy is that people will be like, oh, keto, you know, or does that Atkins or, you know, or whatever, but they're cool with people eating McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's like, okay, you know, you don't, this doesn't make any sense, but, or, you know, drinking, drinking pop while pregnant or something. It's like, no, you know, this is, this is healthy and people just don't understand it, I think. And it also takes some discipline. I mean, it actually, it does, right? I mean, are the, there are times when you struggle like at birthday parties or like, I guess like what's your biggest struggle with keto and like not wanting sweets? I make my own sweets, which is really helpful. I will say, um, so I haven't had like an actual carb meal or um, sugar sweet or something like that in six years. Um, because yeah. the first year I really struggled with it. I would binge on carbs and I would go eat like 20 cookies and I just felt terrible. And I knew that I was putting myself in this like awful cycle of I do really, really well. I do really well. And then all of a sudden it's like, I break and I just had to have it. So at one point I just said, I am making myself sick. Like, this is not a, this is not a good thing. I would, and your body is a shock to your body when you do that. So I would spend the entire night throwing up or like in the bathroom because my body was just so shocked with it all. Um, so I finally just said, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing that again, ever again. And um, so after that, it was just, it's more so explaining it to other people. And now that I've been doing it so long, no one cares. But I'd say that first like year where I just said, I'm not going to do that anymore. People were like, why are you doing this? Are you still doing that keto thing? Um, and that was hard because you had to kind of say, yeah, but I'm doing it for my health. I'm doing it because I feel better. Um, and I think a lot of people could see that in me. Um, I was like really depressed when I was going through all the issues with my stomach. And I think that they could see that I was a lighter, brighter person. I was happier and, um, 
it was still it was still hard to try and explain it to them though. <laughs> I think that was definitely the biggest struggle. But now that we've been doing it for so long and my husband also does it, it's just our, our lifestyle. Like we don't we don't really think twice about it. Um it is how our business has evolved though. We just kind of started sharing about our journey and Robert started coaching and he started coaching for um, competition prep using the ketogenic diet. And we made um, the keto brick like we talked about. Um, we, we made that to help him in his bodybuilding endeavors. And then people are like seeing it on our YouTube. What are you eating? What is that thing that you, you've made? And we kept it a secret for a while because we're like, well, maybe this will be a thing. We finally started producing it and it's, it's out in the world and people are excited about it and love it. And we've been in business for five years now. So it's just pretty cool. It's, it's been an ever evolving thing since we started and we never anticipated this being our life. Hmm. That's, that's so exciting. Well, I think it starts with a passion when you're passionate about something health, you know, it works and you want to share it and you want other people to feel good. Yeah. I think that's so important. And it's, it's hard to be the weird, not the weird person, but like the family that doesn't eat the same as everyone else. And, uh, you feel like sometimes so alone. Right. So I, I think it will be interesting to watch as your son gets older and maybe invited to things and sports and people bring sports snacks. And I'm excited to see you go through, go through that, um, and see you navigate it. Cause it's, it's hard, you know, and, so I guess I want to know how has being a mother changed, changed you, changed your routine? Um, ha- it hasn't changed your diet much, which is great, but how has it, how has it changed your routine and um, just business and all of this? Yeah, it's changed a lot. <laughs> um, he is wonderful. I've loved every second of it, but it definitely comes with its challenges Um, Just before we jumped on the podcast, he was having a meltdown. (laughs) And um, it's just things like that. Like you just have to go moment by moment because that's just the way babies are. And um, I have, I, in the beginning, I kind of took a slight step back from helping so much with the business, but um, I've had to step in a little bit more and more as time has gone on. So I've had to schedule my work after he goes to bed, after my husband goes to bed, I stay up and I work and then I get to go to bed. (laughs) Um, so it's just a lot of navigating what's going to be best for our schedule. And it's ever evolving. It's constantly changing. At one point I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning to work out. And now I'm staying up until midnight finishing work. It really just, it depends on, on where he's at in his phase of life. And I'm sure it'll just get harder as we add children to all of it. Um, Cause then there's going to be multiple to navigate around, but it is definitely, it's definitely um, a struggle to figure it out from time to time, but worth it all. It's, it's yeah. a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's worth it, but it isn't, it's navigating. It's, changing things. It's, it's like, you just have to like breathe and be like, okay, like I did not get what I wanted to get accomplished today. And that's okay. Because that's what I have to to start doing lately. I just, you know, oh my gosh, this cat. See, and then I have these cats. 
that are trying to drink my water. So I, I think that motherhood and, and being a business owner is definitely a struggle because you want to keep pushing and pushing and go fast, you know, and build. And then you're like, but here's my family and this is so important. And that's why I love to support family-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, because I know, I know it's so, it's so hard to juggle it and putting value in the family and raising, you know, strong kids is so important. So I, I think that's, that's great. Like, so, so your biggest struggle was probably sleep, right? Yeah. Sleep can, can definitely take a, take a toll. I do not do super well with a lack of sleep. I just notice that my patience is a lot shorter and things like that. So I, I'm really trying to figure it all out. Um, but staying up until about midnight and then my son sleeps until about seven or eight, which is just so weird for me. Cause I'm usually a early riser. So it's been an adjustment to go to bed later and wake up a little bit later. And I don't love it because I usually like to like go down when the sun goes down and get up when the sun comes up. But yeah. um, that's not a thing right now. <laughs> so I'm definitely trying to get in plenty of sleep. We had a phase where we had just started Keto Brick and just quit um, in all of our own jobs and started coaching and all that that we would not sleep. And we got to the point where it was just dangerous. Like we, we were dangerous to drive. It just wasn't good for our health. And since that point, we've really tried to put sleep as a priority um, that I feel like it's still, I'm still getting, you know, seven or eight hours, which is really good, but it's broken because my son still wakes up throughout the night. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting challenge right now, for sure, with the sleep thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one thing with mothers is that we we have this sleep interruption when our kids are young. And if our, well, your nutrition is probably what balances everything off in a good way because your nutrition is always on point. So if you don't sleep as well some nights, that kind of makes up for it. Where if you have someone that's eating bad, not sleeping good, they're stressed out, then they're gonna, their health issues are gonna pop up. So I think when we, when we realize, you know, how important our diet is in the grand scheme of things, especially women, especially mothers, it's, it's so big and uh, it's, it's, it's hard. I feel like, do you have a lot of friends that do the same keto diet or how do you navigate that? Um, no one locally. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're all just online. Um, we've gone, we've pretty much gone to every conference. Um, Robert usually speaks and we'll have a booth or something set up. So we've made friends along the way, um, that are online, which is a wonderful thing. I think it's important to have people close by or like church family or whatever. Um, but as far as like diet related, it's it I'm I find it all online which I have a hard time sometimes with social media I'm like oh my goodness I feel like we should all go off and never go on again but at the same time it can be a wonderful thing because just like you like you are spreading so much great information that you would not be able to do have we not had social media or the right. internet so yeah. um I think it's really cool that we can have relationships with people across the U S across the world. 
um, that kind of make us feel at home in what we're doing, uh, which is such a weird thing, but it's cool when you actually get to meet them face to face or hug them at a conference or whatever. It makes it extra special. Yeah, I agree with you. It makes it the world feel small because, yeah, I mean, around here, sometimes I feel like, you know, there aren't a lot of like-minded people or we're all just so busy. It's hard to connect. So I do like social media for that. You just, you just have to clean up your newsfeed, you know, and <laughs> yeah. get your favorites up there. But yeah, there are some good recipes that I want to try. It's hit or miss for my kids though. I mean, they, sometimes I'll, I'll make something. I'll be like, this is so good. And they'll be like, this is gross. And I'll be like, <laughs> okay, awesome. Like I tried They're They're just so hit or miss. Like if I make like low carb, like waffles I made one day and like one of them liked and one of them didn't, you know, they're all over the place. So it's, it's, it's hard with the meals, but they, um, they really like hamburgers. It's just easy. But. Yeah. That's, easy and it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Family meals are tough. So, I mean, so what does your son eat? He eats mainly carnivore, right? Or I mean, sorry, keto. Yeah. He, yeah. He eats, um, we like for breakfast, he'll have like a couple eggs with like yogurt in it or uh, on the side or for lunch. He'll, he loves like sardines, loves them. So he'll have really? like, yeah, sardines or like cucumber and I'll put a little bit of oil on top. Um, just like usually a little vegetable and a meat is just typically what we feed him. And I have had people give me a hard time. It's very, very rare, but they're like, isn't keto not for kids? It's made for kids with epilepsy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm just feeding him whole foods and right. fruit or in meat and vegetables and healthy fats. And he seems to be great. He's humongous. What do they want him to eat? Now, I think that people that feed their their little kids vegan, that's super dangerous. Yeah. Um, or vegetarian, you know, that, no, they, they need, they need meat. Um, you know, it's really hard because in my practice, like vegan patients, they don't do as well. They don't recover as well. We can't like fix the issues as well. And, you know, there's like a honeymoon period for if when someone's vegan of like a year or two or maybe even three. And then after that, you know, I just don't, I think there's, it's a really small percent of, of people that can thrive on that diet. But like you said, you're just feeding them whole foods. Like why do people have a problem with that? They shouldn't. It's funny because they're feeding their kid. I don't want to say junk, but they're feeding their kids processed foods right? and they're more okay with it because it has a carbohydrate in it. And I'm thinking I'm eating what comes from the ground and what we can grow and raise ourselves. That's that our ancestors have done for years and years and years. Um, it just seems, it's just interesting. It's just, it is interesting the way people come about it and are some people are excited about it and some there are some people who are not so excited about it. But we have our family doctor and he's like, your kid's great. Keep going. You're doing wonderful. So yeah. until there's a tiny, tiny thing where they say, this is not good, then, you know, maybe we'll adjust. But um, he's doing great. He's fantastic. <laughs> I love that he eats sardines. Yes. That's 
sardines and steak. And I'm like, great, this is going to be expensive, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Like Emery, my three-year-old, like he, he loves steak. He ate so many cool things. And then he's lately just been like fighting me on eating dinner and lunch, like real food and just wants a snack. And then we're at baseball games and he wants popcorn. It's, it's rough. I know it's a phase. I'm trying to not freak out, but we have snacks in our house. You know, we have snacks and they're healthy snacks, but they're not right. They're not whole food. They're packaged. So I, this summer, I'm just, there's no need for them. I'm going to hide them all. And (laughs) the kids are going to go to the fridge for snacks. Like this will be, you know, they'll probably revolt and stuff. And this might be a problem, but I'm so over it. I'm just so over and this kind of happens like throughout the school year because sometimes they they just I mean they don't even really need the snacks I shouldn't make excuses but sometimes I want them in their school to feel more normal or you know because they'll say why can't I have what the other kids have so I think that's really hard I wish everyone just ate whole foods and then the weird ones were the ones with the package of potato chips yeah like I wish it was the other way around but but it's not, you know, because big, big corporations and all of where the money goes. So I do love how you navigate things, though, and you share it on Instagram because it's not realistic for people, most people to just say, I'm going to not buy this stuff for my kids anymore. Maybe for you, because you kind of made like the steps towards that kind of stuff. But you share like, hey, I'm not going to buy these chips, but I'm going to buy these ones because they're better. Right. And this is why. I think that makes it really, really realistic for people. Um, when I share stuff, they're like, but how do I do that? You know, it's for me, I'm like, I've been doing this for a long time. It's been baby steps. And my son is a year, you know, like right. he has not, he doesn't have the opinions yet. He's going to. And we'll right. navigate that later. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You'll you'll get to it when you have to deal with it. But for now, just keep going. And I I think that's I think that's really important. And like when you first started keto, like I love how you were vulnerable and told us how you would have like binges, mm-hmm. you know, with cookies. And I think I just I love that you shared that because it wasn't easy for you to just get to where you were at. Like people might look at you now and be like, Oh, it's easy for her. And it won't be for me. Or did she struggle or why do I struggle? So I think that everyone needs to realize that we're all different, you know, don't compare your chapter 10 to their chapter one. It's, it's, it's tough. And some days I totally feel like I'm failing. Like, I'll just be like, I'll text Chef and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like it's a disaster. Like no one ate what I cooked. So now they're just going to eat snacks at this baseball game, even though they're, like I said, I, I'm putting air quotes up. They're healthy. You know, they're like pureed fruit only, you know, fruit bars or pistachio. I mean, well, he, Emery does really has been hogging down pistachios lately, but I, I just, you know, we have beef sticks, but it's, it's tough. I, I mean, I think that just keep going. Anyone listening out there, make sure you keep doing baby steps, you know, even a little win. If your kids just eat like a bite of broccoli, that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, totally. it, it's, it's crazy. But I, I think that setting the example and sharing what you eat is really helpful for those that are looking to 
just eat healthier and eat whole foods. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it can definitely be a tricky thing to share because people, everyone has their opinion. I I have people who will jump on and be like, that's not keto. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's my way. You're, like, you're like, let me check my ketones. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. But yeah, it's it's fun to share. It really is fun to share. And I love seeing other people's journeys because we all are different. We're so different. Everyone enjoys different things. Our bodies respond differently. Um, I just, yeah, I just really enjoy. Yeah, Sharon. Do you use um sugar sweeteners? Like, do you react bad to any of them? Like, I can't have erythritol. My body rejects that. And that's in a lot of the keto things. Like, I'm like, uh, but. Yeah, I, uh, I don't usually have things with sweeteners in it, but every once in a while we'll pick up like, what are those ice creams? Like the Rebel ice cream or something like that. And mm-hmm. like within minutes, my stomach is rumbling and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I think, I think it's the erythritol in it. Um, but, and same thing, like I usually try to make things at home and I usually am putting like monk fruit or stevia in it, but a lot of those have erythritol in it. Yeah. It's so sneaky. It will say like monk fruit and the first ingredient is erythritol. And I'm like, ah, um, I, I like allulose. I haven't really done a whole lot with allulose we at first we were like no like that's a no no go but I haven't actually tested it on myself to see how I respond or react to it um I just kind of see it as like another filler so I'm like eh, right. if I don't have to have it then I won't right and there's not really anything that I eat that would have it because I do end up making a lot of my own stuff um mm-hmm. but it isn't a lot of a lot of food and, and, um, like even in recipes now too. It is. Yeah. It's more popular. I, I like it better than erythritol. I mean, monk fruit's probably my favorite. And then stevia. Do you, do do you ever do protein shakes? I do actually. I really enjoy it as like my ice cream. (laughs) Right. Um, And I usually try to tell people like eat your meat before you have your protein, like powders, Um, so, but I do enjoy it and I, I'll mix mine up with like protein, ice, some raw milk and some heavy cream or like MCT oil or something like that to it. And it's delicious. I love them so much. It really is. I, I add avocado and it makes it creamy. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. I want to try this like cottage cheese ice cream I saw yes. like online. Have you had that? I have seen it and I have not made it yet, but I'm like, okay. oh my gosh, I have got to do that. Well, the cut co- the texture of cottage cheese makes me gag since I was like little. Like maybe now I'd be fine, but I think I tried it when I was little and it just grosses me out. But I think that I would like it now and really like as ice cream, I would like that. I do not like cottage cheese. My son loves it. I cannot eat it. It's just chunky and liquidy and weird. Right. Like if I blend it, there's nothing I wouldn't like about that. Right. Usually they add like a sweetener or some berries or something like that to it. And mm, I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) Yeah. Like a little protein powder because then that will sweeten it up. And yeah, you could top it. I've topped my things with like keto brick crumbles before, like a smoothie bowl. 
And that's really, that's really good. And sometimes that will satisfy my sweet tooth, just like a bite of the keto brick. And people will be like, what are you eating? And I'll be like, oh, and I'll tell them about it. And they'll be like, cool. <laughs> like this one cardiologist who like, doesn't like fat, which is, you know, I mean, but he's like still treating a bunch of sick people. So I don't know. So, um, he was like, why, why are you eating fat? And I'm like, um, cause it's good for my body and my hormones and I'm a female and it makes my hormones. And you just look, at me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you can judge me. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I'm like, my blood markers are amazing. So there you go. That's which, right. Yeah. Which I'm sure your fasting insulin is perfect. Right. And yep. your, your lab work. Yeah. Everything is really good. And Robert is, because he's doing his prep, he's actually checking his, um, all of his labs all the way through, even like testosterone and stuff, which can usually dip at the end of a prep. Um, so he's getting all that tested. And I love that because, uh, you can really tell the difference between someone who uses fat and protects their hormones and protects mm -hmm. their metabolism and all of that. Um, along the journey and those who are, you know, high protein, high carb, um, and super, super low fat. And it just, it'll tank you by the end of it. Um, and they're walking around like zombies, but really when you have a little bit of extra fat at the end of a, a cut or whatever, it, it really is so helpful. You still have a brain, like you are able to do all the things you can, I mean, his testosterone might go down slightly, but it really stays in a really healthy range, which is just not, not typical, you know? So. Yeah, that's a great point because a lot of the times when the cholesterol is too low and then the testosterone starts to go down, you just let them eat fat again or take them off their Lipitor or their statin. Cause that happens a lot. If they're on something to block all that cholesterol and that affects your hormones too. And I always start, I keep in my office, this chart of cholesterol is the top of all the hormone cascade is cholesterol. And, you know, we, the, I mean, Americans are like worse off than they were before the low fat, the low fat craze and now vegetable oils are just making Americans sicker and sicker. And it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's, we know it's all money and, you know, based with politicians, lobbyists, blah, 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 but it's really unfortunate. So that's why it's so important to have people like you and Robert out there that are like telling people how to live healthy and not eat processed junk all of that. Yep. It's so refreshing to have like conversations like this because you just feel like you're off in this land of like, what is happening with the world? Why are people following, you know, what is pushed on them? And then you talk to people like you and it's like, oh, thank goodness. Someone in <laughs> healthcare too, yeah. that is preaching and doing the things that you're seeing through all of the fog, I should yes. say. <laughs> yes. All the indoctrination and, oh, it's, it's crazy. And I, yeah, I'm so happy that we do have things like podcasts and Instagram to share, share this knowledge in real life too. Like you're a mother and a business owner. Cause I think that's the other thing for real women to, to follow, you know, all these people that are just 
they're influencers, right? And that's all they do. And they don't, they don't have to struggle like real life things like, oh, you know, my son doesn't feel good today. So I can't work out or we'll just go on a walk or, you know, or I'll hold him while I lift weights, or maybe I'm not going to eat as clean as I want to today because we don't have time or something came up. So I think that, that that is reassuring that there's people like you doing this kind of lifestyle out there and it's changed your health. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it definitely is eye-opening to watch everyone do life that on in their own way. Like for, for you, you have your own business, you have kids, you have your husband, that you have all the in sports games and all the things all the time. And I'm like, how does she do it? <laughs> you know? It's a circus. Well, today I was like. Oh gosh. The, like the baseball game was so long. Like my one son has a runny nose and is coughing the one, you know, little Emery that sometimes gets respiratory stuff. And you know, my chip, my, my chip, my chip, my husband is traveling. So he's out of town and I've been just doing it all on my own. And I'm just like, okay, let's breathe. You can get through this. You're strong. Like you're going to record this podcast and I am be excited about it because you know, this is what you're meant to do. These cats are crazy. And I have these cats to feed, which are the family pets, but who feeds them every day? I do. So that that's a pro tip. If you are a mother and you want a pet, like, or your family wants a pet, just realize it's your pet. It's not the family's because you're, it will not, it will not survive. <laughs> <laughs> it will not survive if you don't feed it. No, but I also, I really, I like it, feeding the cats because they all love me, you know? So it's when my, when my kids are being crazy, then, you know, I can just love on a cat, but, but yeah, we all go through it. And, you know, cortisol can be, which is the stress hormone can be such a deterrent to where women want their body to be and, and your sex hormones. So I think that just, if you are juggling too much, ask for help. And, you know, I've done that before. I've asked friends for help. I've asked my husband for help, you know, even getting the kids rides to things. So I think that that's important. And now that my kids are older, I ask them for help. Yeah. And for me, that has been so hard because I don't like asking for help. So um, I'm like, I'll just do it myself instead of asking and it will be done right. But you can't, you, you need to ask. So that's, that's another tip I've learned to really help my mental health in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm not a ask for help person. I hate it. I hate it so much, but it's definitely something that I have been having to learn a lot lately. If I want to get anything done, if I want to do something for even a workout, you know, he's to the point where he's, crawling so fast and he's just about on the edge of walking and it's like I cannot keep him with me (laughs) he's just running away as I'm trying to do my workout so it's just um it's fun but it's definitely an adjustment you have to just go with the flow and ask for help yeah It, it and it's hard it's hard for type a women to do this and really we were, you know, we were meant to have a village, you know, and even if it's just calling a friend and bouncing ideas off of them can be helpful. Taking some of that off that burden off. 
so Crystal, can you tell us a little bit about your business and then Keto Brick also for those that don't think they're like, what are they talking about with Keto Brick? Yeah. Can you, can you explain a little bit more about your actual business? Yeah. So Lady Savage is just mostly where I do all my coaching. Um, I do uh, like workout programs and I also do nutrition, keto only, just because that's, that is what, where I excel in. Um, and then um, Keto Brick is a, it's actually a thousand calorie meal replacement bar, which you do not have to replace a meal. You can melt it down and put it into smaller amounts. Or like you were saying earlier, just take a bite out of it. Um, I melt it down into these little tiny servings and give it to my son and he loves it. Um, so there's lots of different ways to eat it. We have recipes and stuff with them as well. Um, there's a bunch of different flavors. I think right now we have seven staple flavors and then we randomly come out with like limited editions. We do really fun giveaways. Um, this last month we did a giveaway on a Yoder grill, um, mm -hmm. like a smoker. And, um, we have plans to do a lot of other ones. We've done a kayak and it's just fun. We try to have a little bit of fun with it and make it yeah. Um, a little bit different. Um, it really is us making them. Uh, we have a small crew, um, but they're small but mighty. They're like our everything. They're like our family. Um, and then we have our, our apparel as well, which is just something that's slowly growing for us. But, um, you know, you wear all of these different clothes and you don't know who's making it and where it's coming from and all that. So, right. Um, we're doing it all made in the U.S. Um, from start to finish is all in the U.S. So um, that's another thing that we do. We're just all over the place. <laughs> no, it's pretty consistent and on point with everything and your values. And yeah, I love the the keto bricks. Good. Like I will just carry it around with me. And I if I'm like feeling hungry because if I'm doing some fasting and it curbs off cravings like really well. It's, it's great. And Emery will just like gnaw on some. So he'll just, cause it's good. It tastes sweet and creamy. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy them. So, um, where can we find you at? What is your, can you share your website and Instagram handle? Yeah. So, uh, my website is ladysavage.com. And then my Instagram is the.lady.savage, which is annoying because Lady Savage was already taken. <laughs> it comes up if you just type in Lady Savage because I, I was oh, like good. typing it to find you because I couldn't find you in the messages. And I was like, I'm going to be late because the baseball game. So yeah, it, it, yeah. good. I'm glad. Um, and then Keto Brick is just on everything as Keto Brick. We also have a YouTube channel, which is under Live Savage. We're implementing a little bit more homestead type stuff into it. So that is also a little bit fun as well. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I love the homesteading. And then you're going to keep us updated about your powerlifting, right? Yes. Um, I should be announcing. I don't know, you know, it seems silly to like announce it online. Um, but I'll be sharing about it. Um, as soon as I actually sign up for the meet, I'll just share about it. I mean, I telling people here and there, um, but I'm, I'll actually start sharing a little bit more and kind of like about the coaching and all that kind of stuff that I've been hired. I've hired a coach, um, cause it's a fun journey. It's, it's a lot of fun. So I'll definitely keep you guys updated. Awesome. That's so exciting. Well, good luck with that. And thank you so much for sharing about your lifestyle and motherhood and everything you do. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on.
This podcast is created and hosted by Dan Flegar and is for informational purposes only. It is not medical advice. This podcast disclaims responsibility for adverse effects from use of information contained in this podcast. This podcast does not promote the opinions of their guests as their own and does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests of the show or endorse any qualifications for the guests of this podcast. Guests may have financial disclosures. If you think you have a medical problem, consult your personal physician or team. Thank you for joining.